Welcome to Craft of Warfare podcast, a podcast focused on strategizing, scaling up and driving change. On today's episode, our host Jisravi talks to Manoj Agarwal on harnessing AI and data analytics to drive growth. Hope you enjoy. Hi Manoj, so nice to have you on my show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> Manoj, if I request you to do tweet your profile, what would you say and i'm sure it's a very interesting tweet well uh, i am one of the leading experts in uh, the field of artificial intelligence i have four patents in ai i'm i'm also an expert in human psychology so i combine artificial intelligence human psychology to create business outcomes especially in marketing especially in business revenue growth sales um so yeah so that's uh, the tweet right there superb so artificial intelligence we'll start from there uh, manoj uh, if you had to share with our audiences in simple terms what it is and what it is not uh, what would you say before we get into use case scenarios see um, our world is a very complex world we have so much stimulus so so much data so much happening in in the world there is social media there is uh, news there is uh, television there is radio um then you know if we start to think about other phenomena like le- let's take a simple example um let's say if uh, uh, if we touch a hot stove and we will uh, basically learn in one instant that we should not be touching a hot stove because it's going to hurt us so that is one data point our mind is able to record that and learn from it right now let's add a few more variables let's say the temperature outside is freezing and the stove temperature is like about 50 degrees right so now we have two variables and now if i touch the stove it's not going to it's going to be lukewarm it's not going to really hurt me but now my mind also learns that okay you know there are two variables if it's cold outside and it's not that hot it's okay now if we continue to add more variables the height of the stove the you know the wind factor all that stuff it starts to become more and more complex because now we have more and more variables to take care of now imagine now you have to predict the weather in a particular area and that weather now relies on ocean currents the movement of the earth the you know the uh, the movement of moon sun um, you know the uh, um, how do you call it uh, jet stream or the ocean currents all these things are combined and many many more right the complexity is so huge that human mind is not able to fathom the number of variables that it takes to predict something like that and when we take uh these powerful machines powerful algorithms we can input hundreds of thousands or millions of data points and say okay this is all the data that we have collected over decades so tell me now what is the outcome for tomorrow that's what artificial intelligence is it is able to you know comprehend all this data and then figure out what is the right pattern that works in the real world i hope that makes sense yeah 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 lot of sense and if you have data like that for 10 years you can benchmark it you can find out trends you can find out dips and highs and you can know 
which way things are heading and you can prepare yourself in advance to so use yeah. case scenarios manoj for businesses mm-hmm. yeah whether it is startups or you know uh, multinationals see business is all about human behavior you know what kind of uh, uh, what kind of challenges humans are facing uh, when we go to market and solve those challenges that becomes a product or service so you can again imagine by using the same example we can feed a ton of data to uh, algorithm and say okay tell me what are the trends like you know take fashion industry right so uh, every year new types of fashion new types of uh, you know uh, clothing material colors they come out right but imagine if there was a way or i think there is a way maybe you know it's out there i i i'm not uh, familiar with a with a prominent example here but just imagine that if there there was a way to feed a ton of data about the um, the fashion cycles over the decade uh, we could be very close to finding what will be a you know a fashion trend for the next year rather than guessing right mm-hmm. even when we look at internally in the organization you know employee satisfaction employee engagement customer lifetime value all these things can be predicted or it can be you know at least monitored using artificial intelligence and data analytics hmm. so every part of business you can make it more efficient you can make it more effective uh, if you know how to use uh, artificial intelligence to your advantage yeah. Mm-hmm. so manoj what can it not do well so artificial intelligence uh, it may sound intelligent but it's not a very intelligent it's quite dumb actually as a human we can we are capable of uh, multiple things like you know we are talking we are presenting ourselves on the video we are moving our hands we and you know i could write a, a memo uh, while talking to you even though it's not very uh, recommended uh, so uh, even though we are not simultaneous simultaneously we can do multiple things but if we take a human mind we can uh, you know uh, after this interview is done i can start writing a poem i can uh, uh, paint a picture right or uh, paint a, a, a painting so we are capable of doing a lot of things but artificial intelligence is only capable of doing one thing so if we want to do something else we need to create a new algorithm we need to feed it new set of data we need to do a whole bunch of thing from the ground up so that's something that um, you know a human mind can do it now there is a lot of research being done to get artificial intelligence to a state where it can simulate human mind where it means one ai will be able to do pretty much everything that a human mind can do and that is called a singularity meaning uh, where human mind uh, artificial intelligence will actually surpass or merge with the human mind and it will be able to do much more and at that point there will be an exponential growth in the power of ai because now it can regenerate itself and create more algorithms itself and basically just um surpass human mind at a at an exponential rate hmm. Hmm. so manush that seems very powerful but uh, hmm. to to a lot of people it will seem scary also hmm. and uh, science fiction movies have 
always gone berserk on that and uh, propelled the mythical aspect of it or the myths associated with it. Mm -hmm. uh, although at some level, uh, mm -hmm. machines, a human being is always using a machine to enhance its power. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember we were talking the, the other day to some, some person who's a big fan of superheroes. And she said that when we are using a pen, are we not uh, enhancing our power yeah. with the use of a tiny, simple yeah. machine, yeah. isn't it? So, yes, machines have always, and now with embedded technology, it's, you know, for health purposes, for other purposes, we are being able to track and get data that, you know, we couldn't have. We were able to prevent and, you know, uh, enhance life. At the same time, you know, because it says intelligence and intelligence learns itself. I mean, you know, if, if you look in psychology, intelligence is that it will uh, learn from the environment and adapt. So, and that is, that is the thing that, you know, movies take up. I mean, see, the thing is that humans have a tendency to always be afraid of the unknown. Um, so, uh, as you said, uh, you know, we have been inventing things and we have been adopting things, uh, technologies which have become part and parcel of our life, right? So, the take, for example, the, one of the earliest discoveries, how to make fire, right? Now, fire itself can be harmful and it can be very useful. Um, but now can you imagine life without fire? No. Then comes the wheel. The, the wheel was discovered and now it has become a part of human evolution. You cannot, you cannot imagine human evolution without wheel, right? Um, so these are simple examples. Then we come to uh, paper, you know, printing press. Uh, this is how humans have evolved because one discovery leads to another discovery. So the technology itself is a fundamental step for next stage of evolution. If there was no fire, we won't be able to cook food. We'll not be able to become that intelligent. If there was no wheel, we'll not be able to transport goods. If there was no paper, we will not be able to transfer our knowledge to each other. You know, if there was no printing press, there will not be mass adoption of knowledge. And now with the with the internet and everything, you know, it, it, it is only going to enhance our ability to invent new things. And similarly, now coming to artificial intelligence, you know, it will enhance our ability to do things. It will also free us up from thinking about how to invent things. You know, take, take uh, the pandemic, for example. We were able to invent uh, or discover or invent whatever you want to call it, the, the vaccine within a few weeks. Why is that? Because of artificial intelligence. If we did not have that, we will still be waiting for a vaccine right now and we will still be under lockdown. But uh, now addressing what will happen, you know, if uh, artificial intelligence becomes so powerful. See, the thing about uh, Hollywood movies is they, they want to create sensationalism, but AI or any piece of technology itself is not uh, inherently jealous. It is not inherently ambitious, is not inherently... Uh, you know, nefarious or malicious that it is going to harm somebody. Like uh, there's no algorithm which will say, oh, I want to take 
over the world. There is no algorithm like that. Mm-hmm. It's only a human being who will think of an algorithm like that and say, okay, let me ask this technology to do it on my behalf. Just like any other technology that we have invented, you know, fire, fire being firearms Absolutely. or nuclear, mm-hmm. nuclear arms or whatever it is. It's not the technology that is going to harm us. It's us humans who are going to harm us. Yeah, we have to keep ourselves in check. And uh, and I don't know why Mr. Elon Musk is so worried <laughs> about this aspect. Yeah. So great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's every discovery is a revolution giving us uh, new abilities, new possibilities and uh, a new lens to look at the world and ourselves. So uh, let's move on to Tetra Node Technologies, your company. And there are certain aspects that were mentioned on your website, which I was very intrigued about. How do you help companies uh, achieve that? One is grow your personal brand. And uh, one was entering new markets or even faster uh, exits. So if you'd like to tell about your company a little bit, and then uh, these two scenarios. Yeah, I mean, as I said, so we we focus on collecting real world data about uh, any business or any venture. Um, and we also collect a lot of data on the target audience. So if we, if we are specifically talking about personal branding or marketing, there are two aspects that we need to create resonance uh, within those aspects. One is who are you as a person or a business or, or a business owner? And who are you targeting? So um, let's say you are, you know, let's take fashion industry once again. So let's say you are a fashion brand and you're targeting, uh, you know, female audience between 25 and 30, right? Now, once we know who the target is, we need to understand what is going on in their mind. What are their objectives? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? What are their objections? And who you are as a business brand. So now collecting these two pieces of data, we start to create a resonance between them such that this target audience knows that this brand understands them. What, you know, whatever their quirky needs and preferences are, this brand understands them. And once you get that understanding, it's very easy to, you know, sell, to grow, to market and become a memorable brand and become a leader in the marketplace. So that's how we uh, utilize data to help businesses, um, help uh, you know p- uh, people to create a brand, get the visibility, basically get in front of the their uh, uh, their niche, right uh, target audience. Not only get in front of them, but become memorable in in their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and much quicker, you know, like mm-hmm. as compared to the conventional ways of doing standard market Absolutely. research Absolutely. and uh, different segments, and then you test out concepts and you figure out, you know, and then fine tune and perhaps recycle, and then, you know, and yeah. over a period of time of doing communication and campaigns, you kind of create that resonance while taking feedback. So you're saying this is going to be a much uh, in time, uh, quick process. Uh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. capturing all the data of the right uh, metrics for understanding that audience demographic exactly. as well as interests exactly. and then creating message and content and 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 testing it out it, it'll be uh, much 
faster process. Absolutely, absolutely. At the lower end of data, um, uh, how can I say data sciences is just data mining, you know, just look at the data and, and see what are the patterns. And as the data gets more and more complex, you can apply uh, more complex algorithms, which take, take you to artificial intelligence. Uh, but yeah, the concept is the same. However, you collect the data. It's uh, in terms of when, when it comes to marketing, um, it's more about understanding human beings. As, as I said earlier as well, a lot of the a lot of the practitioners in marketing they forget about understanding the human beings they do a lot of market research they say oh these are the market trends this is how much you know this company earned this is uh, this is how much the total market size is you know they have all the metrics but they forget about the actual human being who is going to be their target now the thing about that is we as humans are very dynamic. So as the environment around us changes, our thinking, our preference, our, our needs, they also change. A good example is uh, when, when the lockdowns happened, within a, within a couple of weeks, our preferences changed, our desires changed. So if we were looking at the data, historical data, and we did not take into account what was the new environment telling us, then of course that study is not going to yield any result. But if you take the opportunity to talk to a few people and say, hey, what is your current state of mind? Tell me, you know, what do you like? You will immediately know that, oh, people don't wanna have uh, to do anything with, uh, you know, uh, any risky environment where their health is going to be affected. They don't want to touch things. You know, um, they wanna be, uh, you know, more uh, open towards uh, remote communication, you know, these these type of scenarios come up. And now you can see companies who really understood it, they actually grew massively during the pandemic. Yes. So uh, when this data is being mined uh, at, a, at a lower level or the higher level, my question is that would you recommend supplementing it with some traditional quality research as well, wherein, mm. you know, where you, you are getting softer data as well, you're, you're getting the body language, or you're getting, Absolutely. you know, what Absolutely. is going on in the subconscious, uh, rather than just behavioral data, yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be behavioral so we, data, right? Data. Yeah. Hmm. We always recommend, uh, you know, face to face or video interviews, um, the more data we can collect, the better. So we can, you know, look at their online uh, activity. We can even uh, collect data from third-party sources. Uh, but the the most important and the current data in in this uh, in this scenario that we are describing is basically talking to people, understanding what they are going through, asking them the right questions, and all that. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, now we're coming to human to human marketing. And, uh, you know, what, what's the case you believe uh, there for it? And I also want you to share this particular uh, case where uh, you've helped the AI platform has helped students to not drop out of their course. Mm. And what is the Obama connection there? Because <laughs> uh, so those are two separate questions. Human to human marketing is is separate from from this this project. So which yeah. one will you like me to talk about first? 
So first human to human marketing, because that's a larger, uh, you know, scenario. And mm. that changes how we look at marketing totally. Mm. And uh, in the current world that we're in, when we every person is so savvy and wants transparency and authenticity, mm. and doesn't want to be sold to doesn't want to mm. be talked down to the very mm. essence of branding and marketing is changing. I think human to human marketing is like you said, such a huge topic. I want yeah, you yeah. on it. Yeah. See, I, in my opinion, every true marketing is human to human. There is no such thing as non-human to human marketing. Okay. Let's take, for example, the biggest marketeers in the world or biggest entrepreneurs in the world, uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, uh, you know, Steve Jobs. You, you see, they were the human face of, they are or were the human face of their companies before they marketed their product, right? So people trusted them, people knew them, and then they turned around and, and sold their products, right? So every business has a face, a human face, whether we like it or not. And people only uh, align themselves or connect themselves with that face. You know, whether that's a, whether that, uh, that is a business, that is a political party, whether that's a, a non-profit organization, whatever it is. Most people connect them, uh, you know, resonate with the, with the person, they, the, that person's core values, their mission. And then they say, oh, okay, I like you as a person. Tell me what, are, what is it that you're selling? Even when, when you, you know, in typical sales trainings and I, when, when, I tra uh, when I train salespeople, I always... Uh, tell them, sell yourself first, and then you sell the product, not the other way around. Because the product is an inanimate uh, thing. People don't connect with you know inanimate things. People connect with other people first. So we showcase our qualities, we showcase our authenticity, as you said, and then once we have that rapport that is built, then we can say, okay, by the way, this is a solution we have to offer. What do you think about that, right? Yeah, that's I, I really liked how you uh, talked about it, because, you know, as you were saying, uh, when we say humanize it, you know, a lot of times marketers say humanize this ad, humanize this communication, but they forget that the what the consumer is going to connect to is the essence, the yeah, belief, yeah. the deeper motivations, the intention, mm -hmm. you know, that's what everybody's trying to do the, to the to a brand, mm -hmm. but if there is actually a human being behind it who yeah. is really driven by certain uh, good ambition, you know, what an advantage that can be to the product and the brand because uh, there is less selling there. I mean, typical, I mean, that's there's more coming out there with conviction then, you know, rather than just uh, pushing something. That's more connection. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and uh, now we, we are, I think my audiences are now curious and, and anticipating to know about this other big part of the question, how you used the AI platform to help students not drop out of their courses. Uh, so uh, one problem that uh, universities face is that uh, when students enroll in some degree programs in the first couple of years, 30% of the students, they drop out. The reason being the students find out that whatever they uh, enrolled in, that it was of no interest to them. 
and they enroll themselves in based on the recommendations of family or career counselors and what have you. Um, and 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 you know, uh, be, belonging to the Indian community, we we know how much pressure there is to go into you know engineering or or a medical profession or something along those lines. So what we did was we collected a whole bunch of data from hundreds of thousands of students uh, from their school uh, transcripts, from their aptitude scores, their interest levels. And just like what we were mentioning earlier, we found the patterns of, you know, which student likes what kind of course. And not only like, but what are they capable of completing as a, as a, as a course for their degree program. So once we have that model, we used it to recommend courses just like Netflix recommends shows to us. So the idea is to give the students exactly what they are interested in and are capable of completing. And that is the program that we built, which got mentions from Obama, 